Hello, it's Indie Advent, and thank you for tuning in to the Private Suite Magazine interview series. This week's episode is going to be a little different. There was a concert here in Toronto a few weeks ago called Essential. It was on March 23rd, and it was a future funk concert featuring uh, maybe, I think, 10 artists total. And I managed to sit down with each of them and get a little interview. They talk about their love for the genre, how they discovered it. Kawhi Bass, who played a huge role in putting this show together and making it so great. How they joined what's called Nightfall Collective. And actually, many of them belong to that group. And there's a few other groups that they belong to as well. Future Funk Collectives. And some of these guys were coming from really faraway places for this concert, like Portugal, Australia... Scotland and Miami so it was a real treat to get to meet each of them and yeah it was a lot of fun so I hope you guys enjoy I sure did and we'll also be playing a sample track from each of the artists just to give you an idea of each of their sounds and if you want you can read along with the news piece I did for this show it's in uh, Private Suites volume 6 and it features some interviews from the artists and some photography as well. So definitely check that out if you want to dive a little deeper. Okay, well, let's start off the show with some music. And our first interview is with Chevron. So let's start with a track with him. This song is called Oh Her. And we'll see you at the end of the interviews. It's Indy, and I'm at Seascape, a really cool bar here in Toronto. And uh, they have board games, they have video games, fighting games, all kinds of stuff. There's a concert venue upstairs, too, I didn't even realize. And I'm sitting here with Chevron, who's performing here tonight at the uh, Essential Future Funk Show. And he's come all the way here from Australia. So, hello, Chevron, how are you? Hey, I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm fantastic. This is such a crazy thing we got going on here man so many people yeah yeah it's a really big turnout it's really nice to see like a lot of a lot of fans a lot of fans it's great yes i saw on facebook that they said there's like 350 people or something going yeah yeah so all our online tickets sold out about yesterday yeah it's really it's really nice turnout like yeah it's really it's really good to see people are into future funk like i don't get any of this in australia there's like maybe one other person that produces in australia apart from me but like yeah it's really nice to see crazy wow yeah it's that's great to know we have such a high volume of people in toronto that are into it it's it's really incredible I, um so tell us about uh you know your trip here from australia yeah uh my trip was the roughest probably the roughest like it was re- it was really rough uh so i had a 10-hour flight to shanghai then i had a 16-hour layover then a 14-hour flight to toronto i mean Shanghai is a rough place to, to like travel for the 16 hours, but um, yeah, no, I made it all right. The, the all the guys are really cool, you know. Like most of us, the first time meeting since like Nightfall Discord, Discord we've been on for like 
a year and a half, two years. Some of the guys have been in there since like 2015. Like, yeah, it's really, it's really dope. Wow, yeah, that's great. So it's uh, your essential. Yeah, so the essentials are, yeah, like um, most of most of us are from Nightfall Collective. So like me, Lucky Talisman, Dane, founder, uh, Evie, Nightfall. Uh, we got Panic Pop. Uh, he's on Nightfall. Six Stroke was on our latest Nightfall tape. And then, yeah, then we got, like, really special guests, like, Fiber, really dope, uh, Future Funk Monthly, um, and, and, uh, Tokyo Wonder and, uh, sorry if I pronounced this wrong, but Jao Miguel, their, their set was, their set was really tight. If you guys haven't watched that, watch that set. That was really good. Um, so how did you get into, vape, like, Future Funk and Vaporwave? Like, when did that start? Yeah, so, I was about 17, uh... I was just, you know, sitting in my room, chilling, and I, I was watching some type of YouTube video, and then uh, Lisa Frank 420 by Floral Shop came on, listened to that, and then, like, a few Vaporwave songs, and then, like, like, I was just playing it out for, like, two hours, and then Future Funk came on, so, like, Artsy Music came on, and I heard uh, Young Bay, Bay City Rollers, that came on, then I heard some, I heard some Fiber, I heard some Aritas, like, some of the um, Future Society guys. All, all in one day? Yeah, all in the one day, and then I was like, I was like, fuck this, so I downloaded, um, I downloaded FL Studios, and so I, I started making, like, hip-hop beats, and I started making, like, really lazy future funk, and then, I, then I met, um, like, so, like, I, I did it, like, on and off, like, I wasn't really keen on it that much until, like, a year later, then I met Lucky Talisman, actually, on Discord, and then he, he told me, like, and then, so then I switched to Ableton Live, and then that's when I started, like, that's when I started, I joined Nightfall, like, three months later, like, after I released my first track, only track I've got on my SoundCloud, and yeah, I've been working on an EP for, like, two years now, I lost it, and then I've got it back now, and then, yeah, I'm probably gonna release it in a few months from the show. Oh, that's so sad when you lose a project like that you're, when you're working on it and you can't. Uh, it's hard to also get the inspiration back to like, kind, of, kind of pick up where you left off, yeah. sort of. I didn't really, so I didn't make stuff for like three months after I lost it. And then I made the track that's on Midnight Panel. I made that in like like three weeks. I made that in like three weeks. Like a little bit of motivation. And then tonight I'm playing my first song in about a year. And it's a collab with Lucky Talisman. It's called Son of Heaven. And yeah, it's going to go off tonight. It's a really good song. Sick. No, I'm really excited for your performance. Uh, is there anything else people can expect? Um, really, that's the only song left because like I tried it. I've got like pretty much most of the EPs done. And I tried, like, I was trying to do, like, a last-minute mix and master, but my Ableton wouldn't work on my, like, laptop, so I couldn't finish it off. So, like, that's the only song I'm playing tonight, but I'm playing a lot, a lot of, like, Future Society classics, some Club Coral, really love those guys, especially Hunter. Hunter's first cassette I bought, Hunter In My Mind EP, that was LP, I think. That was, that was a really sick, sick song, but yeah. That's awesome, man. Well, thanks for so much for having this quick chat with us. Um, we're really excited to see your show tonight and, you know, the music you have and plan for the future we'll talk to you again soon yeah I hope, I hope the guys yeah i hope people you know turn up to the show hope people watch on the live stream check out nightfall montaime uh future funk monthly they're, they're kind of and and kawaii base this wouldn't happen without kawaii base so really shout out to those guys at kawaii base really good really big toronto scene with those guys they're really sick so yeah yeah thanks for, for mentioning that actually shout out to all of them and definitely check their shit out because they're doing all kinds of stuff yeah. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, man. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Peace out. Next up, we have Panic Pop. We're going to play a song from him as well. This one's called Love de la Nuit. Mm-hmm. 
here it is. You are now. I'm joined by Panic Pop, who had a brilliant performance earlier tonight. Um, so, yeah, welcome. How's it going? Excellent, excellent. I'm kind of just still buzzing on how hype everything's going. This Everything kind of exceeded my expectations. So, yeah, fuck, I'm having a great time. It is wild in there, man. Absolutely. It's crazy. We got the last DJ going, and it's still fire. People are still showing up. I, I didn't even I, I didn't even really expect that, because, I mean, you, pl- you play a bunch of shows. You know, not all of them are going to be, like, amazing. So I was just really hope Like, I, you know, you always expect, you know, just, like, things to go well, but you prepare for a little less. But, no, th- I, I don't see how this could have gone better in any way. Yeah, you're always worried with those big projects, like if you're making a film or something. It's like there's so many things that can go wrong. It's like, holy crap, everything went smoothly. It's like all you guys are flying in from all over the world. Like everybody made it. That's the crazy part. Like, I mean, you talk, we talked about it for months, and like I, I feel like I got the sense that everyone just kind of got swamped with life last minute. So it's just like... They were going through the emotions of their day-to-day, and then the show snuck up on everyone, and, like, even after, like, a couple days of seeing these guys, it clicked in. It's like, oh, shit, we're all here. This is all happening, like, fingers crossed. Because, I mean, we've never done anything like this. Something like this in particular hasn't happened, and it's, like, with with an internet genre, you never really know how it's going to translate in the real world. So just honestly taking a chance and shooting into the void, like, oh, man. Like I said, it's, it's, it's exceeded expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, so where are you coming here from? I'm actually a, a hometown boy, Toronto, Canada, born and raised. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So you were able to help the guys kind of navigate their way around the city and all that. Oh, absolutely. Um, for the... Uh, for the entire time like everyone has been here i've just been showing them some like uh just toronto staples you know took them to sneaky d's took them to the toronto sign at nathan phillips square showed them some like cool like uh spots to get clothes like black market and stuff it was super frigid it was quite uh <laughs> it was quite the the sightseeing tour we even stopped at um because we needed to rent uh, equipment for Tokyo Wander set at Long and McQuaid, so we were all just jamming out in the individual like uh, components of the store. Just everyone just having having a time, just ripping it. Well, that's awesome. You made it certainly sounds like you made it exciting for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. That's man. great. And how did you become a, a member of this group? Like, how did you meet everyone? I don't. You know, it's crazy. Honestly, I, this is just Discord live. You know. Um, I I mean I initially found out about everyone I assume how most people find out about Future Funk through just like YouTube recommendations like artsy music and stuff like that so it was just like you know listen to their stuff for like Fiber and Tokyo Wanderer my God like I I listened to their stuff before I even produced and then it was just like I listened to enough of people like them Mac Ross you know Young Bay and such and I'm like shit I gotta get in on this and just through the motions of playing this stuff and all that jazz like how I initially got into it, like connected to the scene was uh, Dane of all people. 
my local crew, Kauai Base, we used to throw events and he came in support and I just like, I didn't really know he was affiliated with anything. And then he adds me on SoundCloud and then we just like vibing back and forth. And then I find out he's part of Nightfall and then he invites me to their Discord. And then once I got on Discord, it, it was just like a whole new world. Like all these names that I've just only seen just through music and all that stuff. I'm like, oh shit, you're right there. We're all shit posting together. And then just through just a, a couple of years of just booling with these guys online, just like, yo, what up? We do this. Yeah, it's incredible. These genres just seem to come out of nowhere on the internet, and then we use the internet to continue pushing them further and further and further. Like on Discord, like you said, there's so many people that you would have never spoken to because you have to, you know, go to their Twitter, send them a message. And on Discord, you can do everything in one place, so you just get things done way quicker and stay way more organized. It's, uh, it's incredible. It's actually how we... Um, work on the magazine a lot a lot of it is the organization is done on discord so um, tell us about your set tonight uh, you know your preparation for it how it went things like that um dang uh I don't know it was just super spontaneous it was really because like I don't ever really see too many other future funk performers or anything like for the longest time in the city I was the future funk guy so I just played all my faves and all that jazz. But having like nine other dudes who were just aware of the same pool of music, you know, even when we were just hanging together, it's like people are like, I don't play this song, I don't play that song. I'm like, where, what? I would just think that's an, that's an obscure song. Who would play that? Everyone's playing it. So I'm like, shit, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> so I actually front loaded it with a bunch of my own material because I got, we didn't, we didn't play each other's music. So first like five tracks were my own and then the rest were just, just random gems that I liked, like that I just assembled today, honestly. <laughs> but no, it was good. I, 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 I don't know. I just, I just went. I just wanted to because it, it's everyone here is kind of representing themselves. So I just wanted to showcase me and my own stuff the mm -hmm. most. Whether or not I feel like it's the best or not, it's like, hey, this this if this is my time to prove if people like it or not. So. Yeah, well, people were having fun in there. That's for sure. People were going crazy. Yeah, people were going bananas. Bananas, like, oh man, it was <laughs> wild. It was wild, man. Well, that's uh, pretty much all my questions. Thanks for so much again for coming on the show and taking the time out of the busy night here to talk to us. Word. Do you have anything you want to say before we take off? Uh. I'm not not too much. I mean, hey, anyone who supports this stuff and enjoys it, please keep on consuming, keep on growing with the community. It's very DIY, you know. We're we're all real people at the other end of the computer. So, hit us up, chat. You know, I mean, just keep on supporting this. The fact that something came from seemingly nothing just blows my mind. So the God God bless anywhere this goes. Yeah, it's a beautiful thing. Okay. Well, thanks a lot, man. No Thank you so much. Adios. Adios. Panic Pop is the best. Getting to hang out with him was a lot of fun. Real treat. Next up, we have Dane and a track from him. It's called Zashwara. Welcome to the show. 
Uh, it's nice to be here. Thank you for coming on, man. It's an absolute pleasure. Like, there's so many people in there having such a good time. Like, the aesthetic, the lights, it's really crazy. And the venue choice, it's an amazing venue. Like, tell us about how it, it got started. And uh, So, I'm going to start with, like, why we started the collective, because that gives a little bit of, um, for background knowledge and, like, why this is such an important event for us. Yeah. So, we started Nightfall Collective in order to promote kind of smaller artists in the Future Fun community that weren't getting as much attention, even though their music was premium, high-quality stuff that we, we felt it was premium, high-quality stuff. Um, we felt like they weren't getting the promotion that they deserved. Mm -hmm. So that's why Nightfall began. Me and another producer who's kind of on hiatus right now, uh, we began Nightfall, I think, three years ago. About three, it's probably three years ago. Mm -hmm. um, we met on the Future Funk subreddit, uh, he posted a song, I liked it, we started messaging him, and we were in contact, we became friends really quickly, and um, around that time, uh, there was a collective, and it still exists, a collective called Sunrise Collective, and if you notice, the name is kind of similar to Nightfall Collective, and um, Sunrise, Sunrise was kind of uh, at a point where it was a big thing in the Future Funk community, um, Sunrise and also Future Society at the time. Um, and we were really close to the people at, with Sunrise, in Sunrise. And um, one day, uh, the owner of Sunrise reached out to us, and we thought he was inviting us to join Sunrise. Uh, but then, there, there's like, it's not as simple as that. Like, you can't just invite people and have them join the stuff. There's a lot of things that go into it. There's some drama that happens sometimes. Sometimes people, a very important thing that people don't realize is you want to have active people in your collective. So... Sometimes people will show up and they'll release some good tracks, but then they'll disappear off the face of the planet. So you need to, you need to like assess the people that you're inviting to join your crew. Mm -hmm. um, and what ended up happening is we never joined Sunrise, and we thought maybe we should start our own collective because Sun Sunrise, while what we, they were doing was great, we still felt like there's a lot of people in, more in the underground that weren't getting attention. They were making really great music, and we thought. There's no reason for us to not start our own collective, so we did. And we named it Nightfall, kind of uh, to represent Sunrise. Not to represent Sunrise, but we named it Nightfall kind of uh, as like a nod to Sunrise. Yeah, an homage almost. Yeah. Nice. That's that's fantastic. It's uh, come a long way, you guys. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. And it's really great because, I don't know, Future Funk, there are so many amazing artists, but there's so much content, it's hard to kind of as a fan or an audience member, know what to try next, you know? Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And um, while, while our collective was slowly growing, Nightfall Collective was growing, we were getting new members, we were extremely active, and we were kind of a close-knit family. We'd have voice chats almost every night, and we'd, we got to know each other, we helped each other with our music, we'd uh, send uh, work in progresses, or as producers like to say, whips back and forth, and... Uh, it was great. It was a really great time. Um, but then what we, we wanted to push forward always. That's one of the things that's super important to us. We always wanted to, like, we didn't just want to keep the status quo. We wanted to do bigger and better things. Okay. And we wanted to, even from way back then, we were thinking, wouldn't a live show be incredible? Yeah. And there was a lot of talk about live shows. Live shows in Future Funk, honestly, have not been around for that long. There's been... There's been shows, of course, but it's usually with huge artists. You think uh, Young Bay, uh, Sailor Team, they do shows. But even 
even back then they didn't do shows as much as they do now. Recently, uh, what was the name of uh, Young Bay and uh, their show? What was it like this a couple this week? Uh, the future of funk. Future of funk, something like that didn't happen often back in those times. Yeah. Like future funk in general is becoming more, more uh, accessible to like the public, where you can have things like live shows happening. Mm-hmm. What would you say the future of future funk is? Honestly, I think that's a hard question to actually answer. Um, I feel like there's a lot of things that Future Funk is doing well right now. Um, I feel like the production of Future Funk has increased. Like, it's gotten a lot better. Um, The days of just slapping drums onto uh, tracks, onto old disco tracks, with no knowledge of how to mix and master and just putting it out there and having a... I don't know how to say it, but like having like a gold album, this, those are kind of over. Mm-hmm. Like People get, um, these days you require sort of uh, to qualify, you know, almost now like yeah. to, in order to get some sort of recognition. Like you can't just do it the old way anymore. You can, sounds fine. I mean, you can. That's but, the thing about Future Funk. You, the thing about Future Funk, it being sample-based, you're starting with a finished product. So it doesn't take much to make it sound good because it sounds good from the start, right? As more and more of those kind of, I don't want to say they're bad, because I, I love those. Those are what those old tracks are what got me into Future Funk. I love those tracks, but you can't just take Plastic Love and put uh, Vengeance Kicks over it anymore and like call it a day because everyone's done that. Yeah. So I feel like the bar has been raised mm-hmm. a lot, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah. Uh, I also think that uh, Future Funk is becoming more public. People don't really hide behind a screen as much as we used to. Uh, people know what Young Bay looks like. Uh, people have heard, like I'm doing an interview right now, people are hearing what we have to say other than just our music. And I feel like that's a good thing, it's pushing us in the right direction. And uh, that's that's just kind of how the world is now. People, the days of having uh, celebrities, that sounds a little bit <laughs> having celebrities up like on a high high pedestal and like they won't even talk to you those days are over mm-hmm. um like even if you look even if you look at uh, social media like yeah. some of the biggest rappers some of the biggest pop stars like they want to they want to let you know that they're people too and that's why social media has been booming so much recently and i feel like that's important to future funk also yeah, it's nice to have an opportunity to kind of put the, the face and the voice, the, the human, behind the project to the project. Yes, I agree with that completely. And uh, I think, I think uh, that's one good thing that we're doing in Future Funk right now. Yeah, fantastic. Um, so I guess one more question before we let you go. Do you have anything to, you could say for aspiring Future Funk artists you know, that don't really know how to make a new kind of proper track? There's a lot of tips and there's a lot of people who are willing to help you. Uh, you search on YouTube, there's information everywhere. We live in an uh, age of information just being easily accessible and it makes it easy for you to learn how to do things. Um, but I'm not going to get into technical things here, but one thing I think that's really important for new artists is to to reach out to people you don't want you want to be social in the future uh, future funk community you want to reach out you want to don't be afraid to ask someone for help don't be afraid to really put your name out there and to like uh interact with people and make connections with people because that's what's going to push you forward there's no way this show would have happened 
if I wasn't on a a name to name basis with these people and if I wasn't talking to them and interacting if they weren't part of like they weren't my friends if they weren't my family this would never happen mm -hmm. so you really want to do that you don't want to just sit behind a computer and just put music out you need to put uh, the feeling and the emotion into it mm -hmm. well, that's great yeah it sounds like there's a lot of growth for the for the genre coming up this is maybe the beginning of the explosion yeah I agree with that and I hope I hope for many more shows like this to happen and I'm not even saying that they're necessarily going to be our shows or my shows, but I feel like this might be like a wake-up call so that other people know that they can do this too and they can push the genre forward and uh, spread the music that we love to as many people as possible. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for taking the time out of this awesome night to talk to us here, Dane. Uh, do you have anything else you want to leave us with before we go? Uh, I love you all. Uh, thank you so much for helping us reach here. We wouldn't be here without our fans. Um, I love the whole Nightfall Collective. I love Montem, uh, Sunrise, all you guys. I love you guys. Topaz Club, shout out to you guys. You guys are doing great stuff right now. Uh, keep it up. Uh, and that's pretty much everything I want to say. Thank you so much for uh, doing this interview and having me here. It was uh, it's a pleasure. All right, let's get back in there and enjoy some music. Next up, we have Future Funk Monthly, a special guest at the Essential Concert, and he does monthly mixes of all of the Future Funk tracks that came out that month. So definitely check out his SoundCloud if you haven't already, if you're a fan of Future Funk. Okay, let's get into the interview. I'm joined now with uh, Future Funk Monthly. Hello, how are you? Doing good, Indy. How you doing, mate? <laughs> I'm awesome. Uh, where are you from? I'm actually from Florida, but I've been hanging out with the Aussie uh, Dylan, who's Chevron, the other Future Funk artist, and his uh, Australian accent's rubbing off on me. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can kind of tell, actually. <laughs> I was wondering. Yeah. So, uh, what, what do you like about Future Funk? Why are you here tonight? Oh, man. I don't even know where to start, uh, to be honest. Um, uh, so... My when I got started in Future Funk a long time ago, before RT well RT Music did exist, but it wasn't an RT Music video. But the I, YouTube channel, yeah, the YouTube channel, yeah. But bef uh, right before I discovered them, I saw on Reddit on a list r slash listen to this, and it was the Flamingosis song Football Head. Okay. With the um, the Hey Arnold, uh, yeah. the you know the GIF, like the looped GIF, and it's kind of out of sync. And to me, this is a um, well over three years ago and i was like oh this is pretty cool and next thing you know uh on the related videos on youtube i see uh, uh an artsy video young bay and flamingosis as well and it, then the rabbit hole just started and i've was uh, i've been djing for well over 10 years and you know i kind of got burnt out for a while and everything and i've always been a huge fan of french house funk just things that have slapping bass lines, etc. Wicked, man. Exactly. And from middle school, I wouldn't say I'm a wee, but I've been a big fan of Japanese culture in general. Went to Japan a couple years ago when it was an amazing time. And, you know, when you combine Japanese culture uh, or funk and all that stuff and heavy drums and dance music that's like Daft Punk, I was in heaven. So it's just, like I said, a huge rabbit hole. Next thing you know, uh, I was just having fun on SoundCloud, and I made a couple of random mixes, and I just thought, what does it hurt if I tried this Future Funk monthly thing? The premise of that being, any songs that are released during that month, I compile them, 
and then I just make a playlist and I live DJ it and it's a mix and I wasn't thinking anything of it. It's purely a hobby and just for fun. And now we're, it's three years later um, and almost 4,000 followers on SoundCloud, which is a huge thing to me, and almost 300,000 plays. It's huge. And the fact that I'm here is, uh, this is like, if this is like the end all be all, this is good with me. Like this is the greatest thing that I could have ever asked for. It's a magical night tonight. And yeah. so can you tell us about your curation process? Like how you go about choosing what songs that you feature in your monthlies? Yeah, for the monthly mix, uh, it's funny, a lot of the other artists here and everything are like, uh, I know if it, I'm not naming any names, but uh, they're like, oh man, Andrew, aka Future Funk Monthly, has the worst. He has to listen to all the good and bad Future Funk songs <laughs> and decide which ones are good. And, you know, there's, there's, I don't want to get into the drama of any of it because I really don't care. I'm just about the music. But, like, obviously, I try to stick to some of the uh, popular artists when they release stuff. You know, you got your uh, Fiber and Evie.exe and, uh, of course, Macross. And if Young Bay released something, I'm like, oh, this is going to be hot. And, of course, any guys from the Pink Neon City uh, Collective, I'm yeah. a big fan of that. Um, but, obviously, uh, there's always a bunch of up-and-coming future funk artists. And, actually, it's interesting to me that people will reach out to me and say hey can you maybe feature my song and i'm like that's cool that someone actually wants to be a part of this because i'm the one that's just looking for everything sometimes it's hits sometimes it's misses you know there is a lot of lazy future funk out there and all that um but well, it's just so prolific right now right everybody's trying to make everyone's trying to make it and what do you see the future of future funk to be <laughs> from you know maybe the next year Ooh. do we do you see any new big boys coming up or do you think there's going to be a transition in the sound um, that we're so used to right now? That is a very huge question. Um, to be honest, like my first thought in my mind is the golden era of Future Funk has already passed. In my opinion, the, the thing that got people attached, that was like the 2015 to 2016 era. You got your Skylar, Spence, a.k.a. St. Pepsi, you know, early Macross, early Young Bay, who's still killing it. Uh, and everything. Not to say that some of those guys aren't still carrying the flag. Like, uh, Young Bay is doing an amazing job to bringing Future Funk slash Disco to the masses. This guy's on, he's going to be on a Zed tour. He's, uh, he's doing sold out shows. So, you know, you know, say whatever you want to say about Young Bay, but I'm glad he's doing what he's doing. And he has this thing called the Future of Funk. So, as long as he's carrying, uh, Future Funk onwards, you do you and keep it up because i i love young bay i uh, big fan of him for what he's doing and everything and the uh, artist he's featuring right now like eridus and of course night tempo is huge in the scene and he's uh has a huge fan following so he's keeping it going but uh to uh kind of finish your question um it's weird uh, uh you still have like people trying to do those old style uh j-pop sped up uh, future funk things but then you got people like ev.exi who in my opinion i think that uh young kid is going to be the next big thing like he's taking future funk and like his own things he just needs to get the right connections in the right time and he's going to be huge the fact that i even know this guy i'm like i wouldn't be surprised if i see him like like i said on uh ultra music festival or something in the future that he he and fiber are top tier future funk producers the fact they just don't take a japanese city pop song and put some heavy drums on it uh, I still like that stuff to be honest but yeah. you know they take samples and like totally recreate not even samples sometimes completely original songs and the stuff they produce is amazing and the fact that one I know those guys 
Two, they even talk to me. And three, that I'm here with both of them and all the other very talented producers. Nothing against anyone else. I'm just, I'll just name dropping two names, but everyone here is super talented. And it's a great lineup. And if anything, Essential is the future of Future Funk is what I'm going to say. Nice. That's, yeah. a, that's a perfect way to end it. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for taking the time out of our busy, amazing night here mm-hmm. to talk to us for a few seconds. Do you have anything else you want to say before we go in? Uh, long live Future Funk. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Future Funk Monthly. Cool. Now we're going to quickly talk to a super cool dude named Epicuro. He had a lot to do with this show, so we'll let the interview speak for itself. Here it is. We're talking to Epicuro right now, and he actually had a big, uh, he was a big contributor to putting this event on, so we wanted to talk to him a little about that. And uh, he also runs something called Kawaii Base. So uh, let's 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 start that conversation. How are you, my friend? Doing great. It's great to see you here. I'm glad everyone came out and was such an. It's like such an amazing party in there right now. Even it's like packed. It's amazing. It's like 1:40 a.m. right now, and people are still going. I mean. I hope they keep going until the very end. If anything, like if we get people going even after this, that's even better. Yeah. <laughs> so you're a Future Funk fan. Mm, absolutely. I love Future Funk music. Um, just like the aesthetic of it, being very anime focused, being a huge anime fan myself, it's like that aesthetic drew me to Future Funk especially. And your uh, involvement in future funk i guess led you to creating something called kawaii base so can you tell us about that i mean with kawaii base is a little different in terms of how it started it, originally the way it started was the fact that anytime i'd go to an anime convention no one would be playing anime music so i wanted to really focus things being like performed at things that were anime relevant being very anime focused um so because of that I ended up finding out about Future Funk, which has a huge anime aesthetic, which is very anime relevant as well. And so been friends with with Panic Pop for the longest time. And he introduced me to Dane and we just got along super well. And we started being like, yo, let's like do parties together. Let's figure out things out. And we were doing Kawhi Base parties. And then Dane came to me and he's like, I want to throw a Future Funk show gonna go full out and i'm like okay i'm there i'm gonna support this and make this happen because honestly underground music in toronto it's something that needs to happen more so and how did this uh turn into you putting on this event basically just collabing with uh dane um make sure we got the the venue scouted out right um just having the contacts from doing Kawhi bass and it's like hey like let's collab on this let's make this happen I've got the right contacts. You got the right contacts. Let's make a party happen. That's going to be fucking out of this world. So, yeah, that's amazing. The aesthetic here tonight is beautiful. Um, did you coordinate putting that on as well? I did collaborate uh, in terms of like coordinating it, but in terms of who put on the actual decorations and everything that went on, it would be the decor crew out of Toronto. They do deco for all sorts of parties in Toronto, all the underground scene. Um, the decor crew is super great. They do amazing deco at everything. So because we've worked with them before for Kawhi Base, it, w- it made a lot of sense in terms of making everything work together. The decor crew, you can trust on them. The rave geishas, the perfect. <laughs> okay, awesome. No, I'll make sure to find the right link for it when we post it. So you were talking about anime conventions and how there wasn't enough anime music being played, which 
doesn't make sense because anime music is a huge part of anime. So many incredible artists making songs for all those shows. Um, so how did that lead into sort of you um, doing events sort of with the Kauai base? Well, I mean, here, here's what it comes down to is like no one was doing events. And at the time, it was very closed off in terms of trying to get into doing music for any of these anime conventions. It would usually be a few people who all knew each other, all the same DJs, and they all wanted to play a particular form of music that it makes sense to them. Uh, but for anime convention fans, it doesn't make sense. So they came into, like, the people who had been playing music before came into it being like, we kind of know about anime, but we're really here just to play our own music out. Um, we just want to play our bangers out, the things that people here are going to recognize. And I would be at these parties enjoying them, but, I mean, I'd still be thinking, like, man, I wish that it was actually anime music. I could tell, like, the anime fans there were kind of like... Eh. Like, there, there were still people coming out dancing and enjoying it, but you wouldn't have people who enjoyed anime dancing to it. So for me, that was something huge where I'm like, if I go to an anime convention, I want to dance to anime music. If no one else is doing it, then I have to be the person that does that. Because no one else is going to step up and, and suddenly do that. I know there's people in Japan making amazing music. I have that amazing music. I want to play that for everyone. Mm -hmm. And so it, it just became making these events because if no one else was going to do it, I'm going to make the community happen because honestly i just love anime music that much i just wanted to make it happen mm -hmm. well that's great you seem like you're really passionate about it and it's come a long way you guys are kicking ass in this in the toronto scene for sure you're doing a lot of work for um, a lot of fans and making a lot of people happy thank you so much that means so much to me like every time that a fan tells me anything like in terms of enjoying what we do it means so much to me because that lets me keep doing more of what i'm doing yeah exactly well we're all working together in a way right oh yeah thank you so much <laughs> no problem so i guess we'll let you go um anything you want to say before we take off uh epic times always epic times epic times <laughs> epic times here tonight that's for sure that was the last interview that i got during the night of the event the next day i met up with most of the artists and uh, managed to get a few more interviews so we have one with six stroke coming up and here's a song by him it's called confessions here with six stroke hey guys what's up <laughs> not much man thanks for joining us it's uh it's really awesome of you to you know come out and um so tell us a little bit about future funk and you know what it means to you um well it's it's really funny because like i got sort of introduced to future funk through panic pop like he's in the Kawhi bass group yeah. like dj group that we're all a part of yeah. and um you know, I hadn't really heard of the genre too much until he kind of showed it to me, and and I really, really liked his style. So I sort of tried to explore it myself and um, kind of make songs that were the future funk esque style in my own sort of aggressive bass music style that I kind of like. You know, you definitely have a like a distinguished sound. <laughs> Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. Yeah, I just like 
I, I mean, I'm not from that world at all, and I don't ever, you know, claim to be, but, like, I want to just kind of put my own spin on it and be a little bit different, right? So, you know, I'm just trying to do my own thing. Oh, that's awesome. And what do you think of the show last night, and how was your performance? Are you, was it a big, difficult thing, or was it just super chill? Um, to be honest, like, I was super nervous because, um, like, I, like, now that I've sort of, entered that world of future funk i kind of look up to all these guys like all the artists that were playing that night and it was just like it was crazy just being surrounded by so much talent like way more talent than usual so it's just like it it felt like such an unreal experience especially because like i only started djing like six or seven years ago so the fact that like i'm where i am now it just like makes me feel really good that i get to play with the big boys you know like (laughs) absolutely man no it's a very heartwarming thing and you had you had a really uh, interesting slot in the set list you're kind of like smack in the middle right? yeah yeah i was at, i was at midnight which was pretty cool like i thank dane a lot for putting me there because i felt like it was like such a good spot to kind of switch things up for a like a quick half hour but yeah no like i felt like the the show went super well everybody played super well we had like technical difficulties and stuff but like i was kind of like the sound mommy of the show and like made sure that everybody was sounding as good as possible yeah no, i saw you jumping in there fixing <laughs> things whenever you needed like you were on it man Boom. yeah I, I, you know, I just want to make everybody like pop as much as possible. And like, it, it's, it's more of a success in my eyes, if the whole event is as functional and lit as possible, instead of just like having a good performance on my end. Cause if my, if I, if my performance was terrible, at least everybody else sounded amazing. Right. Exactly. So. No, the sound sounded really good. Like that's a big thing for me at concerts for sure is I'll even maybe leave a concert, especially like a drum and bass concert or, you know, maybe Kawhi yeah, bass yeah, where yeah. it's all about that the bass. You want the hairs to stand up on your neck mm-hmm. sort of, right? So the sound it sounded really good last night. So thank you. I appreciate to you. Thank you so much, man. So can we expect anything uh, more from the, uh, you know, your team and your um, uh, your project as well in the future? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, well, Kawhi Base is always throwing shows in Toronto, and uh, we always post about them. You can follow on our socials. We have a uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Kawhi Base, and uh, like you can follow my social media. I have like SoundCloud, Instagram, Twitter, all the usual stuff. Yeah. Six Stroke, S I X T R O K E, and um, yeah, no, honestly, like I was just saying a moment ago that I think I'm going to start working on a Future Funk EP this year because like I'm very 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 inspired by like all the guys and like oh it's just like it's such an unreal thing this whole essential it's just been such an like out of body experience yeah so you know so many months worth of work culminating all into one night it finally happened and it was it was a magical night man it was yeah i (laughs) i i I look and sound like an idiot right now but it just like i'm so speechless as to how well it went and just how well everybody performed and like if if like you're watching this and you missed it like you you missed out on something magic because it was really like historical to be honest yeah i was checking out the live stream which is amazing they had the live stream bum yeah and i don't know if i hopefully we'll be able to watch it again i don't know if we'll be able to but um seeing being at the event yeah was a whole nother thing like i said the hairs on your neck stood up it was just uh, incredible yeah. incredible atmosphere to be in the, yeah, the, 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 the aesthetic and the energy yeah the energy in the room was insane like the the people who came out were like really passionate about future funk and, and french house music like just like the best kind of people to be out there yeah. so 
we got a good crowd that night. And I can actually confirm that um, Real Love Music, the, the live stream got blocked worldwide, actually. Um, so the reason that you can't see it anymore is because he made it like a private video. So we're going to try and see if we can get the full five-hour live stream and have it up somewhere else where it won't get blocked. Yeah, no, that'd be ideal. Yeah, I wanted to, because, you know, I was working the whole time. I didn't get to see everybody's yeah, performance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, thanks. Thanks so much. Six Stroke for taking the time. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. We'll have all your information in the descriptions of you know your socials and stuff. And definitely follow this guy, man. He's, he said he's going to do another record and he's a part of a great team. I think these guys are going to be blazing the trail for Future Funk over the next year. Thanks so much, guys. Peace out, everyone. Peace out. Next up, we have EV.XI, one of my favorite artists in the whole genre. What I like about him is his songs kind of build up over time and they kind of change a little bit more than most of the songs you would hear so it's kind of a it makes it a little more special here's a song by him it's called xoxo Again, I'm here with my favorite artist of the night, EVXE, who's all the way here from Glasgow, Scotland, if you can believe it. Welcome. Thanks for sitting down with us. Thanks so much for having me, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So um, tell me, why Future Funk? Honestly, um, Daft Punk was like, they were like the first artists I was into back in like 2008. Mm. Discovery, that used to be like my favorite thing ever. Yeah. So back in like 2015, when I discovered... Uh, St. Pepsi hit vibes. Yeah. That was like heavy Daft Punk vibes, and that like brought me back, and I knew like that was a thing I wanted to do. Yeah, no, wicked. Yeah, a lot of inspiration from Daft Punk. Mm-hmm. Um, I see you guys kind of making a path or like making your own channel within the Future Funk community. Can you tell us a bit about that? You know, there's Young Bay. He was a part of a collective. He was also like the founder of Future Society as well. Future Society, yeah, exactly. So I think it's uh, it's perfect. Like that, that you guys are like this the new iteration, like the the young version of the people that had that success. So I'm I would be wouldn't be surprised if you know that success is able to be attained by you guys at some day in the future. Especially you, man. I love your I love your music. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Honestly, like it's. It's a slow process, but like we're getting up there. Like yeah. maybe one day, one day. That was like the craziest night of my life. Not gonna lie, man. That was the first time I ever like performed live. And damn, that was, that was like, what a way to start, man. Yeah, that was insane. Crazy. Yeah, honestly, like Future Funk, like the whole community is like really like tightly in it, and it's just like an amazing thing to be a part of. It's just great, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Can you tell us a little bit about how you go about making your music? Like maybe some tips for beginners, things like that? Right. So I started off with FL. That, that, that's a really good doll. Like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you use, but um, 
I've been using Ableton for the last few years. I'm like a fan of the way you can like manipulate samples of that because it's uh you can do like anything of samples like warping and stuff. Usually my sample choices, I like to go for like the see some people like to go for city pop and stuff, but I'm not that like my favorite stuff is like the early eighties like funk, and uh, I usually go for the samples that I hear that have like a really nice chord progression. So I take that, then I start like chopping it around, getting some good chords going. And then if I want to have vocal chops and the sample doesn't have anything good, I'll uh, start looking around for like more samples. Then, uh, you know, work out the keys and stuff. And then see, once you start using like multiple samples, when you work out the keys to get everything in key, that opens up like a lot of potential because you can have like so many chops like combining different samples into the same song so honestly i think that's like that's a, that's a really good thing to do like multiple samples and for your your brand almost you know i would call your brand evxe mm -hmm. uh is that how people say it as well i don't even know <laughs> yeah like, ev.xi evxe whatever okay okay cool i'll stick with that mm -hmm. um like i feel like you have an, an aesthetic about you like how did you sort of manipulate things to kind of like the art and the sound to ha kind of become this cohesive package so i've honestly never been like too much of a fan of like the anime side of future funk so i wanted to like bring something like something new and like want to go for that 80s aesthetic you know but without the anime because you already have Moe Shop, Young Bay, like Desired, all those people doing that thing. So I wanted to like try something new. If you get me, yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Something new and refreshing. We see a lot of anime uh, waifus yeah, around, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And at a certain point, it's like, okay, yeah, what's right. next, right? Exactly. So do you have anything uh, exciting coming up in the future that fans can um, look forward to? Yeah, I've got like a, I've got a new album in the works, so. Hopefully, not too long there. <laughs> I'm really bad with like my deadlines and stuff, but hopefully, a few months away, and I'll have something new. Yeah. Well, it's a DIY and scene, right? So life is complicated. Life is tragic when you don't have a team of people yeah, working on exactly. something mm -hmm. with you to guarantee that no matter what happens, it's gonna come out. Exactly. It's not like that, you know. It's uh, it's life gets in the way, and yeah. it's just you. It's hard to find all the time in the day when you're doing everything by yourself yeah you never know how long it takes like sometimes it can be like a month and then sometimes things like stretch out and like like the smallest things ends up like taking months and stuff mm -hmm. like my last album that was like over a year in the making and it was only seven songs <laughs> yeah crazy wow yeah and i imagine with a new album comes a whole new world of obstacles and challenges that you haven't seen yeah, before. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to be doing like the same stuff over and over again. So trying to like, you know, reinvent my stuff, get like a new sound, all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to us. It's been a crazy trip for you. Uh, you got to get on a plane for how many hours? Like seven hours or something. <laughs> I'm not looking forward oh my to God. That. Okay. Well, we'll cut it off there, but thank you so much, my friend. I'm a big fan. And we look forward to uh, having you come out to another show in the future in Toronto, maybe. Maybe we'll have a Essential 2 someday. Who knows? Hope so. Hope so. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. What a cool guy, man. Definitely check him out on the socials and check out his work because he's really, he's pushing the envelope. It's, it's awesome. 
Uh, next up, we have an interview with Fiber, who is also pushing the envelope, I would say. Uh, he just has such interesting sounds. Like, they don't, that's the tiny little subtle things he does that make him really stand out for me. Um, we have, we're going to play a song from him. It's called Totality. Here it's my friend Fiber, all the way from somewhere in the United States. Where? Exactly? Uh, near DC. Near uh, DC. Actually, Baltimore area. Cool, cool. Yeah. Wicked, wicked. And he's taking the time out of his busy day to sit down with us for a little bit and talk about the crazy show last night. So yeah, tell us about it. I think it was amazing. I mean, I I didn't really expect it to to turn out the way that it did. I know that we sold out like the tickets, but you know with. You know, for example, with my performance, um, Eridus was the first person that, like, taught me how to DJ. Nice. And he's the kind of person that, you know, like, just wings sets, essentially. True. Um, it's a shame we didn't get to see him last night. Yeah, yeah. It's it's unfortunate, but he had some, like, unexpected, I think, like, circumstances. But, um, yeah, he taught me. And uh, he's just, like, the kind of person who just wing sets. Uh, so that's what I usually used to do for most of the time. Um, I didn't start off on CDJs. I'm actually quite new to that. Okay. Um, this is actually like the first performance where I not only uh, played only exclusively fiber material or edits that I've done, but I also, you know, like made live editions of, you know, like my songs. So things that, you know, haven't ever been put out wow. and a lot of my uh, second album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sounds like a lot of preparation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it wasn't that much. I think I was producing some of the edits and uh, making some of the live edits, I think like over the last like three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, it all blended in together really well. And I um, pulled a lot of cues from previous mixes that I've done, you know, with my label Montem and um, with other record labels where I've put out uh, mixes before. And um, yeah, I think that the final product was pretty good. Awesome, man. That's fantastic. So why Future Funk? Why not Death Metal, for example? Um, well, so I started Fiber when I was 13, right? Wow. And uh, I was really heavily inspired by Daft Punk, right? So I wanted to make French house music, and that's what stuck, you know? And Future Funk was, like, a really good way for me to, you know, finally find, I guess, like, a budding community that made that sort of sort of music so i got into you know like future society at a certain point i work with a bunch of other labels and i really wanted to kind of like not only make future funk but push this sort of like sound that was more reminiscent of you know like ed banger and you know like justice sebastian you know like kind of like grittier darker maybe kind of childish but maybe more mature music sure, sure. than than you know like j funk flips and whatnot so um you know, it just it just felt like a good outlet, you know, and that's that's what I decided to do. But I don't exclusively make future funk anymore. Right, 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 yeah. Right. Uh, what else do you make? Um, so, like, I guess you could still 
classify it as kind of like the house genre, but a lot of it, um, you know, comes from like a more like modern French touch scene, like uh, some of the music that, you know, musicians like Bastion, Sukin, Fusk yeah. make, you know, maybe even Moe Shop. They're, yeah. they're like, they're very heavily inspired by, you know, that, that sort of like crew. And it's also kind of like, EDM electrons. Yeah, absolutely. Well. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely feel that. Um, so, so, sorry to cut you off. Did yeah. you have anything else to say? Um, no, no. Other than the fact that you know, I, I think like 2019 is going to be like a fantastic year. We're gonna, I think we're gonna start seeing a lot more shows like this, and I'm, I'm just blessed to be a part of this opportunity. Yeah. Mm, no, that's great. I think you're, you're kicking butt in the scene i uh i grabbed one of your records that came out a while back maybe it was a year ago um 810 is that what they call it okay awesome uh can you tell us anything about actually getting to make a physical copy of your music something you can actually hold in your hands you know yeah so that was like my goal when ever since you know i started making music um just putting out something that you know was like not just like a tape because I had already put out tapes and I'd put out a CD before, but um, like an actual physical vinyl record, it felt like so much more legit. But I didn't really think that the process to get there would be about the same. When I was 13, I would envision, you know, like groups of people helping me and, you know, like, uh, you know, taking, you know, having like a production team to help me take care of it. But no, it was literally just, I did all of the visuals in Photoshop. I did all of the remasters, like... I, I very extensively like researched, you know, vinyl mastering to make sure that it translated well. Uh, an adventure that kind of started off with me, you know, doing the masters for uh, EV.exi's album. Oh, nice. Yeah, um, I was going to say, you really know your stuff. Yeah, yeah. So all of the creative direction, all of like the audio engineering, that was pretty much all me. And it ended up being like a really great partnership release between Corespect and Montem. It sold out. I, I didn't even expect that. It's mm-hmm. yeah. crazy. I'm, I wanted to bring a copy to get you to sign, but uh, it's just too many variables. Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about your production process, like how you yeah. go about finding your samples you start with nothing i mentioned this with evxe earlier and then you come up with something like what happens in between all of that it's kind of a blur honestly like i mean (laughs) it's like i i it's just like it's just something might click it might start off as you know like samples it might start off as a drum beat it might start start off as just like chords you know Mm. um maybe it might be just me accidentally playing a really cool guitar like that I just loop over and over and over again Mm -hmm. so the inspiration might come from anywhere and then once that happens for me it just kind of comes to my mind I'm never I I was never really the type of person to really um be like too in depth with like music theory so a lot of it just is kind of like I just envision like the melody in my head Mm -hmm. and then I try to translate it as as best as possible you know to like a DAW Mm -hmm. so yeah incredible exactly so it's like it's basically just like the basics of songwriting but it's 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 a much much more extensive process you know and um it it even stems you know with my percussion you know like i make the vast majority of like my own drums yeah yeah and that's also like a very important part of my style Mm -hmm. yeah so it you know i pull i pull inspiration from pretty much everywhere you know my you know, people like Daft Punk, like bigger guys, but also, you know, my friends as well inspire me. They inspire me a lot more than, you know, the bigger guys do yeah. nowadays. And it's funny to think about how future funk has niches within niches. Absolutely. Because it's, yeah, because there's like some people that, you know, 
I only want Plastic Love remixes, but other people are like, you know what? I really like Sebastian's like Ross, Ross, Ross EP. Why can't we have some future funk that sounds like yeah, that? Yeah. You know? So, I mean, like, it's all over the place. And then we go into the whole debate about what's future funk and what's not. I'm just kind of focused on, I make music. I hope people like it. And as long as people like it, then I guess I'm doing something right. Well, that's awesome. And so you're saying you're kind of a DIY guy. You're doing everything yourself. Can you tell us a little bit about the aesthetic that you're going for or sort of the yeah. brand that you're trying to create? Um, it's very much uh, space inspired, you know, and that's something just from my childhood, you know, like I was just very, uh, I just really like space and I, you know, I picked out like my favorite star, like in the sky and I like look at like celestial charts and whatnot, just stuff that like, I guess children would do and yeah, but that translated over into, I guess my music and it was it was definitely kind of like natural because I just more or less gravitated towards it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wish I could say the, the, the same for my name, though, because uh, the name Fiber just uh, came out of a band name gener generator, you know? So I was like 13, and I think I just like looked up a really bad band name generator, got something like Flight of the Avian, didn't write it down. And then the next day I woke up thinking it was fiber of the avian. Yeah. 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 Then I was like, nah, that's kind of dumb. So yeah. I just made it fiber. Yeah. Well, I yeah. guess you could, if you were really pushing for it, you could say, you know, space and everything's made out of fibers and particles and yeah. stuff. So. I was kind of, I was kind of leaning towards like the, the idea that, you know, fiber is very much like an expression of, you know, you can make good music without, you know, spending like a ton of money you know the technology that we have like nowadays you know you know what we have like even in our pockets like even like fl studio mobile or something like that is is miles ahead of the four tracks you know that people were working with like in the 60s you had to rent studios out you had to have a record deal and a, like a really tight budget and like we're we're making some of these we're turning these tunes out with like you know like what $15 budget sometimes, you yeah. know? So like, I mean, there's something really, really magical about that. Yeah. Yeah. It does add to the kind of, um, mess that you were referring to earlier where yeah. you know anyone can make it. It's hard to sift through all the good stuff. Exactly. And I guess that brings up another point about gathering all of the like-minded musicians that, you know, create quality material and making a collective out of it. So can you tell us a bit about the, um, essential? Yeah. Essential. Yeah, definitely. I feel like it's a conglomerate group of people from like Nightfall and, you know, the record labels that I've also previously worked with, but also just people from like our Discord server, people that like we've been friends with for like a while. And I mean, I also do the same thing with my label, Montem. Yeah. Yeah. So I try, we, the, the goal for that is to put out, you know, really top high quality music. Uh, it, it's kind of like a lot of the musicians on there are kind of making you know, future funk after they pass that sort of like future funk sort of like phase yeah. in their kind of like musical careers. So we have people like, you know, Vantage, Android 52. We have like Unibeat. Oh, uh, didn't he just put out a tape on a Neon City? Uh, he just put out a tape on Corspect, I believe. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, I thought I saw Android 52 on Neon oh, City. Maybe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Android 52, definitely. Yeah, he put something out on neon city and he's uh he's been really satisfied with the music that he's been making yeah so i just i don't really think that there's a uh there's a there's kind of like a hole to fill for like the musicians that are you know they have like the experience that they've carried from the future funk scene they've made something like bigger out of it and now what yeah, right exactly. like what, That's what, what i wonder there yeah yeah sure. so i feel like montem is kind of like 
uh, like an experiment in that, right? And I think, and and mark my words, in 2019, there's going to be a lot of risks taken yeah. with the label to hopefully get it to like the bigger masses. Nice. Shows, physicals, things that, you know, like people I know like are actually going to want. We might still cater to the scene, but we want to expand out of that. Well, there's a huge consumer market for it, let me tell you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's insane. Like, people don't buy physicals like they usually, like, you know, do. Like, in the future fun scene, it's like, it's like all that people talk about, you know? And I remember way back when I was still kind of, like, in the French house scene, I didn't know anything about future funk, you know? You know, putting out 50 tapes is, like, you know, it's it's not really something that's, like, viable. Like, why would you do that? Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, thanks so much for taking the time to sit down with us. I know you're feeling a little sick, maybe yeah. too. So, yeah. Sorry, this conversation did go on a little bit long, but we. Oh, it's cool. It was cool. a great conversation, and Thank I you. think you had some really awesome stuff to say. So we really appreciate that. Thank you. Anything else you want to say before we take off? Um, yeah, I'm just blessed to be here. Honestly, I didn't. I honestly didn't even think that you know people would care that much about my music to like bring me over to Toronto and oh your, your set was insane friends. thank you so much I really appreciate it yeah, yeah, yeah. thank you so I'm just I'm just blessed for that opportunity and the fact that you know everyone got here together and they wanted to include me in it you know and that's that's an honor yeah so. for sure well you're a very distinguished artist and thank we, you we very much look forward to uh, what you have coming out in the future is there anything um, that you can tease about that you know existing fans might be able to look forward to in the future there, there might be an EP, maybe April. We'll see. Okay. All right. Well, we won't hold you to it, but All we right. might have something coming out. All right. Everybody, ex- subscribe to my friend Fiber. He makes some amazing music and is part of an amazing team. Right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Thank you so much. Next up, we have Lucky Talisman. And I got to give a shout out to this guy because he spends so much of his time helping people with questions and tips on Discord. It's crazy. Like, If you ever need help, this is the guy to go to for sure. So we're going to play a song by him now. It's called um, Okami Girl. I'm here with Lucky Talisman, a incredible artist who put on an absolutely killer performance last night. Man, I saw you dancing on stage. You look like you're having so much fun. So when did you get started making music and you know, how did you find this awesome group of people? Well, I've always kind of like done punk rock and that's the background I kind of come from. And getting into it, I got into Vapor just through you know YouTube recommendations like I'm sure a lot of people did. But I started hearing things from uh, Future Society Collective um, and a lot of the harder stuff like Tendencies or Amherst and even Vantage. Uh, that stuff really just inspired me to like 
have like that aggressive sound yeah. but keep like a cassette kind of you know 80s 90s feel to it and um give it that wave yeah no exactly and i think a lot of artists nowadays kind of forget that mm -hmm. you know a lot of higher production stuff make everything clean but i don't know i really something drew me to that old cassette kind of sound yeah that i no, wanted to do it absolutely that's what i love about your project it like it touches has the best of both worlds it's a future funk project mm -hmm. but it also has that like kind of slow down windy sound to sure. it sort of maybe not slow down but you know that kind of older tape feeling right 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 mm -hmm. and um i really want to release tape releases more because i want to emulate that sound and bring that back make that the the image that future fuck needs yeah exactly for sure can you tell us a little bit about your production process you know how yeah, you sure. how you go about making sounds finding inspiration things like that sure um so a lot of the things that I want to do, I try to take lesser known sounds, um, just obscure samples from record bins or overlooked things. Uh, you know, I'm not taking a Sister Sludge album and, you know, that's been done a million times. But just find some of those like mid 80s sounds, maybe find like a chord hit or two, make a chord progression out of that, fill in the blank spaces in the dead air with like a guitar hit or like a, a slap bass or something. And um, just really punchy drums, really just make it wild yeah yeah for sure yeah well people really felt it last night there's yeah, so many dancers it was insane incredible when you make your music you're feeling you're looking for that old you know windy sound that you're talking about that vapor that wavy sound um so how do you feel like your music fits within the kind of wider broader scope of the uh, of the genre uh, again, like I'm, I'm just trying to bring back like that old kind of crispy vapor sound, like that I think is so much is missing in the scene. I like, guess especially too, if listeners haven't heard, like go check out Tendencies, uh, that'll rock your world. No, and I just want to bring that back and just uh, renew that sound. And yeah, mm -hmm. uh, how do you get inspired to make a new uh, record or a new track? You know, after you've done one, you say, okay, let's let's do something else. Where does it sort of come from? Is it um, just internally, like I have to make a new record because it's been so long? Or do you get inspired by something? I don't know. I think I'm just more on the fly work. Like, I think the more I plan out something, the more that I try to be conceptual about something, it doesn't tend to work out. Mm -hmm. um, no, I just, I really just got to feel the groove and, you know, emulate some of my favorite artists and add my own kind of flair to it. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's wicked. And you mentioned Vaporwave a little bit. Yeah. Can you tell us a bit about your interest in that genre? In Vaporwave? Um, I'm not as well versed in Vaporwave now as I used to be. It's It's been a while. Like, I remember listening to Blood Wave for a while or, um, you know, Hong Kong Express, anything on Dream Catalog. Oh, man. Love that stuff. Um, I definitely want to incorporate that back into it. Maybe have a future funk album that is dancey, that adds a lot of disco elements, but... Yeah, I would love to bring that sound back and put that integrated with the Future Funk because I think they're so hand in hand. Yeah. And I think a lot of people now forget that Future Funk came from Vaporwave mm -hmm. and um, I, I think it needs to come back and like have more recognition of that. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, it's interesting. The event, the essential event, was posted on both the Future Funk subreddit and right. the Vaporwave subreddit, and it seemed to do quite well on the Vaporwave subreddit. Yeah, like even, even better than the Future Funk subreddit, yeah. which was surprising. Yeah.
Uh, that's pretty much all of my questions. Um, do you have anything you want to say uh, before we go? Maybe like some future releases that existing fans can get excited about or you know, future collaborations? Anything. Look out for anything on Nightfall. Um, I know we're coming out with probably a compilation soon. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And you know, Yeah, no problem. We'll definitely link all of your socials in the description for the, the interview. So definitely follow this guy, Lucky Talisman. He's blowing people's minds with his sound, so definitely check him out. All right, thank you very much. Thank you so much. Next up is super sweet interview with ED, producer from Miami. This guy is so cool. He's a he's just a G man. I don't know. He's he's a, he's a he's a real gangster. <laughs> uh, we're gonna put on a song from him. It's called Here I Am. D, uh, welcome, and the floor is yours. No, th- thank you so much uh, for hosting this. I mean, honestly, this has been like a dream. Like, never did I think, like all these years, like you know, from just like producing in our bedroom at like two o'clock in the morning, did we think like, wow, like we're gonna get like all these people, we're gonna fly out to Toronto of all places, and we're just gonna perform and do interviews and stuff. Like, it's like a a dream come true. Like, I can't even believe this is happening right now. There were so many people at the venue. I was like 150 people, maybe? Yeah, about 150 people. By that day, it was a sold out show. Like, we we didn't think, we thought there was gonna be a small crowd. Yeah. But like, a sold out show, we're like, oh my God. Can you tell us a little bit about your set? Oh, yeah, so my set was not announced because it was not planned until the last three hours uh, before the show. So I had no intention to come here to perform at all. Uh, but I'd like to thank uh, Chevron because he was like, hey, man, why don't you go do a show? We still got like 30 minutes left for like last call. We can fit one more person. And I was just like, ah. You know, I don't know. I don't feel like I'm ready. You know, you have all these like talented performers and, you know, I'm just not like ready for that. He let me use his computer, you know, practice a little. And so, you know, I I managed to pull out a couple of songs and yeah, you know, like I just went up and I felt ready. And honestly, like I, I, I don't regret it one bit. It was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my entire life. Oh, for sure. Well, like I being from Toronto, I noticed that. A lot of shows, the big people will play around, you know, 2 a.m. or sorry, midnight. And by 2 a.m., which is when you played, 1.30, yeah. 2 a.m., everyone's gone. But not at this show. No. We had so many people sticking around past midnight, past 1. It was like I was so happy to see people 
enjoying your performance because it was so last minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it might have been last minute, but you know, people were still dancing. They were vibing. They were enjoying themselves. And it's like, you know, I look out to the crowd, and I'm like, and it really gives me like so much hope for like yeah. this community because yeah. we had so many different listeners. You know, not not just future funk and vaporwave listeners, but just like people outside of the genre. They may have never heard a single future funk song, mm-hmm. but they went that day and they love what they heard. Can you tell us anything about your approach to creating your music like how you go about your samples creating your original sounds so for me i'm a person that likes to travel a lot i love to go out in my car and just you know vibe to music mm-hmm. when i'm you know when i'm driving down yeah and so you know to me i want to make music it's like it's something you can drive out in like the middle of the night just vibe to or that you could dance to yeah. at the same time so it's you know, I love to make a different variety of music just because I have so many different influences. Yeah. But for me, that's the type of music that I want to make, that I have so much fun making. Why did you get into Future Funk initially? Like, why not, like, rap, metal, whatever? Like, what about the sound made you a fan, not just a producer? Right. Well, that has to do with, you know, my personal identity, right? So I, I grew up listening to different genres like electronica, hip hop, rock music. You know, I was a type of guy that I would listen to Linkin Park and then Kanye West, like yeah. right after. Wow, you're so an everyman. I, I was I was genuinely a, an everyman, yeah. right? Um, and so in the year of, of like 2012, I think that's when I just, you know, opened up FL Studio and I said, you know what, I just want to make a couple of beats. And then, you know, the next couple of years of just making music was just a bunch of like ups and downs and stuff. Uh, but then I heard, uh, yeah, then I heard uh, St. Pepsi. Right. Right. And, and Mac Ross. And I think it was the moment that I heard uh, Mac tonight. Yeah. Like you, 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 whenever you will hear that one song that you just hear it and it just makes, you know, it just makes you uh, like rethink everything. Yeah. And like I heard that and I was like, wow. That sound, that sound is me, right? So that's, at that moment, that was like when I decided to stop what I was doing and then go right into Future Funk yeah, and just, you know, do my thing and really build my identity from that. And I think what people need to recognize, I think everybody has their own different idea of what Future Funk is. So it's always about, you know, is this Future Funk? Is this French House? Is this French Touch? Is this Electro? Um, and you know, I, I don't want to see it like that. I, I think future funk is so much bro- broader that we think it is. Mm-hmm. And I think we just sort of like boil it down to one single thing out of frustration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, no, that happens. I see it all the time. It happens a lot. And it, it really brings up, it's like when I look at vaporwave for all, everything that's good and bad or whatever, what I like is that vaporwave likes it, it has different identities, yeah. right? So you have you have mall soft, you have signal wave, you have hard vapor, you have the that classic vapor wave. Um, Broken transmission, hypnagogic. There's so many yeah. different channels. Yeah. Absolutely, and you and you know at at the end of the day, it's all vapor wave. You know, and there's something a little bit for everyone. And I think to myself, you know, why why isn't there something like that in future fun? Because yeah. you have different. Um, types of future funk. You have the future funk that was like influenced by like Mac Ross and Young Bay and Desire that definitely had that anime aesthetic to it. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying that type of music. But then you have that 
more vaporwave inspired the old saint pepsi the stuff that came out of keats collective oh yeah, yeah it's yeah. stylistically it's so much different mm-hmm. but it's like it's all future funk yeah you know and so i think our genre definitely has like a bit of an identity crisis because yeah. we can't you know we, it's hard for us to realize that this is all the same genre and you know some might be more popular than the other but you know we all came here because we fell in love with the same thing yeah exactly you know? it's like everybody wants to call themselves their version of music future funk and we're always pulling each other in different directions like no more towards what i want to be what i want to call it no and then get pulled over here but it's like just like vaporwave kind of like you said like we need to have these separate pathways or channels for the different types of vaporwave producers uh, future funk producers rather to be able to be distinguished within the genre itself and not just be labeled as a blah future funk okay i understand what it is no maybe not it might be a little more complex yeah and so i remember i started a um a post on the the vaporwave subreddit because i was genuinely curious after uh after going to the George Clanton show, I was asking a couple people, like, what was their opinion about Future Funk? And I got a lot of responses was, well, they didn't really listen to Future Funk outside of the bigger names. Yeah. Or they thought that the Future Funk was very bland. And so I think part of it is that, you know, there's not much recognition for, like, the people that are trying really hard to like really expand the genre. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, the people that try to, like, expand the genre they don't identify it as future funk. Yeah. Oh, that's true. That's true. They kind of try and broaden themselves away from it sometimes yeah. almost, which is very strange and which is fine because they want to go for a different sound and mm-hmm. all the power to them. But it's like, what, how, you know, you, it's almost sad to see people just abandon it that way. Um, so, it, which is great yeah. to see people like you guys and nightfall collective come out and, people traveling from all over the world just to come here and do it because in their heart they know that they love it so much and it's important enough to to do you know like it's not that easy coming all the way to a new country just to perform a show for one night when you don't expect anyone to be there yeah and i don't blame people for being frustrated you know i've I've totally been there you know as definitely as an artist where you i just put in hours and hours into a song and I try to put it out there for the world and I think it's the best thing ever and it's just nothing comes out of it and you know I, I don't blame them and it could get really frustrating and I know a lot of def- of extremely talented people that that has given up over the last couple of years and I know there's a ton of like up and coming producers that feel like they're not getting the attention that they deserve and I and I know that from personal experience for someone that jumped into future funk and that really wanted to you know get my name out there and just at the very least wanted some feedback of how i can make myself better yeah but i i want essential to sort of be the show where it's like hey we're still moving forward you know we're here for everybody Mm -hmm. you know we're out there doing shows you know in in cities We're, we're out here living the dream that people thought would never happen so we hope that something like this is almost like an inspiration for everyone else that's like in their bedroom, you know, making beats at like 2 a.m. in the morning, say like, hey, you know, I'm going to do that yeah. when the time comes. Exactly. It's like an inspiration for the fans almost to see the passion that you guys have to come all the way here. We, it's like- we were so happy with the results yeah. of, of yesterday 
and honestly it was it was it was a thousand times better than we thought it would ever be mm-hmm. i genuinely think we're gonna make more shows oh, yeah. I, and, for sure and it's almost a promise like we're gonna make more shows it may not be in toronto it might actually be in other cities and that's stuff that's to be announced but i was talking to uh dane the owner of the nightfall collective right 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 and we were talking that that we can definitely pull some resources together mm-hmm. and really make this more common. Yeah. Right? Like this is just the beginning. This is just the very first. Like we just tested the waters yeah. and the and we got such a great response that we're like everybody I know in our group was we want to do more. I was watching the live stream and just seeing I started watching it when it first went up and I was just like, okay, we got a couple people. Oh my God. We got, holy crap. How many people are watching this thing? Where are they from? Like, how do people know about this thing? That's this tiny little thing that's happening in Toronto, but it's, that's the future fund community, right? Mm-hmm. Like we're all in it together and everyone's working, supporting each other. And yeah, it was such a great thing to see you guys come together and pull off such a wicked night, man. We really appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much for, for like everything. The, the last thing I want to say is that, you know, we're, we're all human, you know, we're, we're, we're not perfect. We all have the same goal of wanting to improve the music. And it's a very DIY environment, right? It's very DIY. I mean, we're, we're, we're testing waters that none of us are, are, are familiar with. Like we comfortable, you know, yeah, comfortable with, and you know, us as experienced as, you know, up and coming producers at our time, you know, we, we want to help other people like get better because yeah. we, we want this community to grow to something like that's big, that's diverse, that like everyone can just listen and have fun to. Yeah. Um, but like at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if this place ever, never goes anywhere, you know, if Future Funk never becomes a thing, you know, at the end of the day. What matters is that we had fun yeah. at this very moment. You had fun. You have some good memories. And we have a lot of happy memories yeah. that you would you wouldn't trade for the world. Yeah, exactly. and that's the important thing about making music is just making those memories and sort of just putting that shit on paper, putting that in music and art. That's that's basically what art is—a mm-hmm. reflection of life. Yeah. No, he, he. That was a great soundbite. Actually, it is. That's absolutely true. For reflection of life. Well, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, ED, what, what is your full project name? My full project name is Electric Dreams. Electric Dreams. Okay, well, we're going to link all the socials so people can definitely follow this gentleman. He's doing a lot of prolific things in the scene right now. And Thank you very much. I look forward to coming back here. Let's go have a great rest of our night. Let's go. Let's do this. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> and last but not least, we have a really neat project called Tokyo Wanderer. And I'll leave it to you to discover what's so neat about them and what makes them so different. The song is called Hurt. Enjoy. Hi there! 
We're in my apartment with Tokyo Wanderer and I forget how to pronounce your name. João Miguel. From Portugal. So, you know, tell us about how you got involved with the show, maybe about your project. I know you do some future funk, but you actually have a live instrumental uh, aspect to your performance yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. So, what's that? So, um, uh, Tokyo Wonder started as like a vaporwave future funk pro- um, project, like in 2015. I had never like produced before. I tried to mess around with FL Studio. It was a mess. But yeah, that's how it started. Now it's getting a little bit more experimental. But basically, I knew Dane, I knew Panic Pop, I knew all of those dudes from Discord servers and the Nightfall Collective. I'm not part of it, but I'm like, uh, I get along with those dudes. They're cool guys. Um, Like, they just invited me to play a show. And I was like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, I never played live with Tokyo Wonder. And I was like, I don't know how to DJ. So, you know, let me like, do what I know how to do is which is playing bass and this guy like plays guitar on the song so I might as well get him too so that was my 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 logic behind it you know yeah crazy how so when did you decide to feature actual real instruments within your own music and then to have someone actually play guitar live like that's a really cool thing yeah um I would say that I've always wanted to do that mm-hmm. Uh, deep down inside like initially I just wanted to do electronic music oh okay but then like um, like uh, I just wanted to mix mix it with more stuff I just wanted to record bass because like I when I hear something I just want to play bass on top of it even if there's already a bass you know I'll just do like a melodic line so I got myself an interface start recording like in 2016 2017 yeah yeah and then eventually I was like you know let me uh let me try to make it make this more interesting like let's put some guitar solos to make it like almost like glam rockish mm-hmm. or industrial rockish to it you know mm-hmm. and that's when this guy came along yeah um I already knew about his project we know each other for a long time and um I knew he did future funk and uh, when he sent me the track and said, oh, man, you want to play guitar <laughs> in this track? And I said, yeah, of course, man, let's do it. And um, I didn't really knew much about Future Funk back then. It was about two years ago. I think the first track was Himeji. Yeah, it was the, Himeji. From the Sleepless uh, record. Oh, yeah, great tape. I have that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I got a signature earlier today, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, uh, so... Uh, as I don't know much, back then I didn't know much about uh, electronic music and future funk. I tried to bring my background into it. Yeah, it's sort of a metal background, is that right? Yeah, it is metal, rock, and kind of jazzy a little bit. And I think I think it worked out pretty well. It's different, it sounds different uh, uh, than I heard uh, other artists from the genre. And uh, I think it sounds a little bit different, and I think that's good. So when did you actually get into Future Funk? Uh, you know, you guys have a metal band. Yes. We do, yeah. And, um, so did that come before your interest in Future Funk, or, you know, no, what's no. the story it there? came long after I got into metal, because I've been listening to metal since I was, like, nine years old, oh, you wow. know. But uh, I guess, like, my um, appreciation for Future Funk kind of like came initially from listening to a lot of Jamiroquai because like the first artists that I listened to the most were L- Lenny Kravitz and Jamiroquai. Really? <laughs> yeah, because like my dad played that stuff in the car when I was young yeah. I, and I fucking digged it. So eventually, <laughs> That's striking. Yeah, and then like my favorite band for a while was like the Red Hot Chili Peppers because they had like the funkiness and the rock and the metal and all that shit. For sure. No, they had some really 
prolific tunes yeah for a time yeah right in their earlier career for sure yeah definitely and that sort of stuff eventually got me into daft punk and uh i got into like more internet-based genres like um uh kind of witch shells the only thing like in witch shells that i liked was like xxyyxx you yeah, know no, that's that's good good stuff yeah and then like uh psycho from like more uh yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not witch shells it's something else it's mm-hmm. like ambient techno i guess but i started getting into that sort of stuff very uh spacey and whatever then i got into vaporwave and i found future funk and i was like i don't know how to feel about this <laughs> sounds like daft punk but eh. and then like I don't know what happened. Yeah, I know what happened, like, exactly, actually. Like, um, it was in 2015, there was, like, a friend of mine that died, and... Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, that's life. But, um, like, I just... That day, when I discovered about the, about that incident, basically, I just, like, started listening to a lot of Vaporwave and Future Funk, and I noticed that it's, like, the nostalgia factor just, like, kind of helps you, like, get that shit out, you know. With metal, it's more like the aggression with uh vaporwave and future funk it's more like the moody stuff you know mm-hmm. and like future funk is super upbeat but i could feel like an emotional response from it at mm-hmm. least like the early records no that's a that's a really great point actually i, I haven't thought about that actually yeah like that's how i see it you know i'm not that much about the danciness you know it's it's a good point it's a good thing you know mm-hmm. i'm more like about the the really ambient stuff like very ethereal but also groovy at the same time you know that's like the the sort of like vibe that i like you know mm-hmm. if that makes sense mm-hmm. no it absolutely makes sense so have you kind of um um l- learned yeah the fr- I mean, like I acquired the taste yeah, of your friend or how do you feel about future funk well uh i feel we were talking with Eddie early about it and he said that uh, future funk is for everybody when he said people that didn't knew at the show were really having a great time and i really feel the same i mean uh i knew i know about it uh for two years i think and yeah i really feel that way i i really feel it's for everybody mm-hmm. and um yeah, I think it's great, man. Uh, I had a really great time doing the tracks. We are working on the next yeah, record. And yeah. Nice. Uh, yeah, man, I think it's a, a genre that's really getting bigger and bigger. Uh, uh, many people showed up uh, at the show, which was really great. And yeah, I think it has everything to be a, a really great genre a big house name mm-hmm. genre man. oh absolutely and i think you guys have a very special spot within the genre my photographer yeah for sure my pleasure my photographer and i we were the most excited for your uh performance but we actually didn't get to see it yeah, yeah, yeah i know <laughs> yeah yeah so you have to come back yeah, we'll, for sure. <laughs> Definitely. I, I really want to come back to Toronto. Like, I'm in love with the city. You guys had fun? Oh, man. Yeah, definitely. So fun. Yeah, it, it was a, it's been a magical experience. I don't want to say romanticized because, you know, that makes it less meaningful in the end. Yeah. But it, it, for me, it was a bit romanticized because, you know, I've, I already own one of your tapes. I own yeah, some yeah. other tapes. I own some records from some of the artists that played. And it was like I was getting to meet all these superstars who actually some hadn't ever performed live before, yeah, especially no. in another country. So it's just incredible, man. I don't know. It fills me with emotion. And I'm really glad that you guys ma- made your way over here from Portugal. Yeah, definitely. Like, it also fills me up with emotion. Like, 
hearing that people feel so glad feel so good like about my music because i'm i'm really self-conscious about it and it's the artist curse isn't it yeah definitely and it's also that thing of like when you're in on the internet you can't see the people directly so you can't like totally get the grasp of how much they like your shit but mm. once you get to meet them in real life and see them having fun yeah. and like appreciating what's going on it, mm. it's really eye-opening because like up until this show i had been like really really like jaded with the whole future funk thing mm. i still wanted to do tokyo wanderer but like after the show i was i just felt like these dudes are great you know mm-hmm. it's not just like some uh discord avatar this is a real thing this can be like a really really like mm-hmm. big scene it already it it already is like no one to say small but it's it's already it already has its size but i think we could do even more like after all of all of that i saw mm-hmm. absolutely well it seems like <clears throat> the people that are taking it seriously are the ones that last sort of and we mm-hmm. we see a lot of music that's being performed that's like okay that sounds or produced rather released and it's like okay that's great but what what's next you know what's the next step of vaporwave and that's something i've i've said to a few of our of the other artists we performed yeah like honestly like in terms of like what i think the future of future funk is it can go two routes, you know, and, and those two routes um, really depend from artists, from artists to artists, you know, because you do whatever the fuck you want to do with your project. I do whatever the fuck I want to do with my project. Uh, for me, right now, I think, like, f- for Tokyo Wonder, it's all about experimenting. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not necessarily making only feature funk. Like, I got the feature funk, like, fu- a fundamental for this, for this project, you know, like the punchy drums the always like the funky groovy sort of thing you know but like i also really like atmospheric shit you know so i Mm -hmm. try to like bring atmospheric stuff from like drone and whatever Mm -hmm. and like i really like uh r&b vocals for example in r&b r&b chord progressions and uh stuff from neo soul so i also try to bring that in there it's also almost kind of jazzy you know and i also really like for example industrial rock so i'll try to bring some noisy shit in there you know and like some guitars And then, I don't know, I, I don't really give a fuck what genre, the, whatever I'm trying to put in my music is. Like, I'll just throw in it as long as it sounds good and it fits with my what I want my music to sound. It can go that way, or you can just, like, keep following the status, status quo. And, I mean, to a certain extent, that's not bad. There's, there's plenty of artists who didn't really go out of the, too much out of the feature funk scene, you know, bubble sort of thing, but that made really good songs. And that's and I think like either one, you're gonna experiment or two, you're gonna like refine what's already in there. Mm-hmm. And personally, I think like it's kind of the, the genre's kind of like stagnating a little because people just want to like regurgitate what's been done. But some people, but then there's also those dudes that just want to like bring. Like I said, they just want to take what's already been done and refine it. And I I appreciate that too. Mm-hmm. So there's like. I think there's future for future funk as long as people still work and are honest about it and choose the path that means something to them. Mm-hmm, absolutely, especially with guys like you in the scene making such a, a different kind of sound. So is there anything you have planned for the future that fans can look forward to? Yeah, definitely. Uh, we got an album in the works. It's called Incubus. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, like all of those genres that I was like kind of influenced by this album is basically the culmination of that. And um, 
I'd say it's like my most experimental thing I've done ever. Um, it's gonna probably turn off a lot of people and probably bring some new people. I hope it really does. Like I'm experimenting with, there's like a, a drone, that, a song that is basically like drone for four minutes and it just breaks into synth funk. People love that kind of stuff, man. Yeah. And then there's like a song that is like kind of like industrial rock, kind of grungy. You know, like, I've been really influenced by Marilyn Manson, Nine Inch Nails, but at the same time, shit like Tyler, the Creator, you know. Um, what else? Uh, I'm trying to think. There's so much stuff that I've been inf influenced by, like. So when we think about future funk, and, you know, you, you were kind of mentioning earlier that some future funk can be quite simple and not very challenging. When I think about it, and I look, look at you guys performing on stage last night and being so passionate, I think to myself, you know, sometimes I worry about the future of it. Yeah. Like, you know, we've been discussing with people throughout all of these interviews. Not that we're scared of, that it's going to die or anything, but we just want to see where it goes. So it's really refreshing to see you guys putting so much passion into it and taking this creative spin because... Yeah, it is uh, kind of a saturated market right now. So mm -hmm. just thank you so much for, for adding such an awesome contribution to the genre. I don't know if you have any comments uh, about that. Yeah, uh, I think we are making trying to make something new, but uh, at the same time, we're going back to the roots, like uh, Death Punk, you know, have all these that rock guitar, metal guitar in yeah. some songs. And yeah, that's uh, what we are looking for, I think. And uh, it's making a new thing, but also like getting inspired by the our roots. I mean, at least my roots for electronic music. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, I think uh, I think that's it. And um, uh, I'd like to say that we need more of these shows, man, because uh, it was like Tokyo was saying earlier. Uh, that in the internet is really difficult to to have that exchange of energy, mm -hmm. and last night uh, I really felt there was an exchange of energy between us and the, the crowd. So yeah, man, uh, I'm really glad to be here. So. Yeah, it's like the inter the internet is great because you can make the connections with people. Yeah, that's but, it. But getting that true chemistry that's and that great. and that actual vibe yeah. between each other, it's it's something you really have to get together in person to do. So. Yeah, we really look forward to you guys doing more live shows in the future. And um, as far as the future funk scene in uh, Portugal goes, do you guys ever plan on performing there as well? Or? Yeah, I've thought about, I've thought about it. You know, uh, here's the thing: there aren't that many people doing it. Yeah, I know of like two projects. You know, um, I'd rather not talk too much about them for uh, certain reasons but anyways yeah that's cool just you don't think enough people no, would no, come no. out there, to the to the for venue example, there's uh, there's um i think uh she's not real uh it's one of the projects so if i got the name wrong i'm sorry like uh, you guys are cool but like I, i'm not good with names uh but uh <laughs> all good yeah there isn't really a scene going on you know uh, at the very most there's like at the very most there's like people who are into like the, the old vapor wave but uh, the the meme side, you know, it's not really actual uh, music. They just want memes and shit posting. Yeah, no musicianship. Yeah, it's just uh, vaporwave is dead. So uh, 
it's a little difficult to uh, get that shit rolling over there. Yeah, I think there's not uh, that big feature funk community in Portugal. But um, like we were saying earlier, uh, people enjoy feature funk even if they don't know it. So I think at some clubs we could do a show. Yeah, that's uh, sort of why I asked yeah, actually. Yeah, and people could come and get to, to know the genre, and yeah, I think it could work out. Yeah, definitely, we could give it a shot. Like yeah. that's the uh, the objective right now. We are like sending emails to uh, a couple of artists and festivals to see if they are interested in us because it's like. To a certain extent, it's not not so much that they don't like what we do. It's more like they don't know what we do. Mm -hmm. So there's always a chance that they like it and that clicks in their head. Oh, I actually like Future Funk or mm -hmm. just Tokyo Wanderers. Since Tokyo Wanderers kind of like uh, bastardized <laughs> Future Funk at this point, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I have to say about it. Well, uh, I don't think everybody would say that, but. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, certainly a distinguished sound. So, yeah. yeah, no, we really appreciate you guys l coming out. Like I said, such a long trip all the way from Portugal. And yeah, your, your set was amazing, uh, according to everybody. Um, yeah. And, you, and the, the live that looked great on the live stream from what I was able to see. So, yeah, c congratulations. And we hope to see you again for maybe essential number two or oh, yeah. maybe maybe come back to go to the, somewhere in the States as well. Yeah. Anyway, man, I mean, we need to do more. We need to do one more, two more. Uh, I think we we'll really need to, to kind of get Future Funk live so that exchange of energy can happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. I think you guys will do well having that uh, live, actual playing live instruments yeah. uh, will add to the visual aspect. Yeah. because I, I think it's easier when you're playing live instruments to have that connection with people. Mm, there's some yeah. people that just want to dance. There's other people that want to see something yeah. interesting happen. It's, it's and a show for everyone. Some people, the people who want to dance can dance, and the people who want to see a live show can get a live show mm. also with instruments. So, yeah, I think that that's the, the major thing about our act. Mm -hmm. There was even, like, uh, I noticed that there were some, like, dudes with long, long hair and shit. I was like, yo, these dudes must be into metal or something. Yeah. And then, like, I went to talk with one. He was like, yo, I'm a bass player. I'm also into metal. I was like, goddamn, like... I fucking knew, like, th this shit is for everyone, and when I, I didn't even, like, think of doing this intentionally, it's just, like, what made sense to me, but, like, at the same time, holy shit, I'm, like, bridging a gap, you know, between two genres that people don't think have, like, anything to do with each other. Yeah, no, it's an unbeatable combination. I used to listen to a group called uh, Animanic Gucci. If you ever heard of them, no, they I were like a, they, they were a rock, like guitar band, but they also had a lot of chiptune sounds. Oh, so, wow. you know, that old Nintendo sounding keyboard yeah. stuff. Um, so you guys remind me a lot of that, actually. So that was really special for me. Yeah, yeah that's it. I think that's what makes it for everyone. So, yeah, I, I think we could make a show back in Portugal also. And uh, maybe people who don't know about it could go and have a great time and... I think that that's it. No, well, you should. You should. And for those of you that want to keep up, you can follow them on the socials. We'll have them linked in the description. And uh, thank you guys so much once again for coming out and pulling off such a great set. And thank, thank you. you for giving us this, you know, great interview. This is amazing. It's the first time we're getting an interview. So thank you for 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 showing interest. Yeah, for sure. We want to we love Future Funk and we want to have all of the artists that are performing it, you know, be recognized. So we figured why not? This is a great opportunity for it. Yeah.
Yeah, man. Thank you for everything, man. My pleasure. All right. Let's go have some fun out there tonight. Let's go. Right, see you. <laughs> Toronto. Woo. Okay. That's all the interviews for all the producers at the Essential Future Funk Show. Thank you for sticking around if you're still here and listen to the whole thing. If you want to follow any of the producers, you can definitely check out the links in the description. Also, feel free to check out the written article that goes along with this interview in, like I said at the beginning of the episode, Private Suite Magazine, Volume 6. It's a really nice read, and I put a lot of work into the photography of the producers, so (laughs) definitely check that out. And as always, we're going to leave you with a track. This one's going to be by Dane because he put so much work into making sure the show went so smoothly and coordinating everything. So shout out to him. And this song is called Dance. Thank you so much, everybody. We'll see you next time.